When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time to play with pain, where sports and inaccuracy collide. Now, here's your host, veteran sportscaster, and the voice of the International Speed Fishing Championships, Jet Waterhouse. Oh, brother, hello again, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. My guest today, great TV producer who's worked on everything from The Tonight Show with Jay Leno to both Cardi B and Kevin Hart's new shows, Todd Yasui. We're going to talk to Todd in just a second. But first, time for the Waterhouse Update, sponsored by Tempurapedic, the lightly fried adjustable mattress. NFL Jaguars coach Urban Meyer calls his coaching staff losers. So free golf at Mar-a-Lago for him. Kansas City ambushed Vegas so badly, Sam G and Kana vowed to go to the mattresses. Cleveland beat the Ravens without Lamar Jackson, which is kind of like bragging he saw the producers on Broadway, but with understudies. Tampa Bay won in overtime, so Tom Brady had to switch to his reserve uranium power. And the Packers, like those weird random sales calls from that odd area code and in Chinese, they just keep coming at you. That update sponsored by Manurism, the brain hemorrhage for men only. College football, Alabama's Bryce Young won the Heisman Trophy, although the state of Arizona has started its own recount. Mario Cristobal left Oregon to coach Miami, and even David Blaine said, I'm not sure how he's going to pull this off. That wrap-up sponsored by Eyesore, the festival for ugly hot air balloons. NBA, Lakers struggling, but they claim it's because their ambition is tied up on a cargo vessel off of Long Beach. UFC 269, Juliana Pena upset Amanda Nunez in a bloody brawl, but the Christmas tree lighting ceremony afterwards was gorgeous. And finally this week in sports history, the date 1988, the place Queens, New York, Sandra Miller sues heavyweight champ Mike Tyson for sexual harassment. Tyson informed the court he was told it was just a light sparring session. This Waterhouse Update sponsored by Nugentix. Wiener pills directly from Ted Nugent. Now, finally, it's talk time. My guest today, T is to TV. What a good nose tackle is to a defense. He just gets down and makes it happen regardless. Producer Todd Yasui. Todd, how are you today? Uh, Chet, I'm amazing. I'm amazing. I, I, can I get something from Tempurapedic, a discount from you or something? Absolutely. We got what, Gary? We got 3% off. That's, That's something. I'll yeah, because they're, yeah, they're, you know, with the lightly fried thing, you got to get them right when they're fresh. We're <laughs> going to talk a little you, a little showbiz, and then a little sports. Let's start with you. You grew up, this is so weird, Williamsport, Pennsylvania. You went to high school there, and the nickname was the uh, Millionaires. 
Now, Williamsport, first of all, (laughs) so you're growing up. There's little league kids just running around pell-mell. How did you get through that? Well, it it was difficult. It was difficult, Chet, because every kid wanted to be, you know, the next Jim Palmer. Yeah. uh, You know, when you're five foot even and about 90 (laughs) pounds, it wasn't in in the cards for me to make the, the, the big leagues. Yeah, you didn't have that natural uh, slurve ability in your hand to grab. Yeah, you can't do that when, at, at when you're short. It doesn't work. Uh, but but so so you're you're going to Williamsport, and then you go now. The Millionaires. That's one of the best nicknames I've ever heard. I love nicknames. Uh, that rivals at the high school level uh, in Wisconsin. They have the Clintonville Truckers because <laughs> there there were two things in Clintonville: the high school and the truck stop. So somebody put them together. And, you know, they got probably got a Christmas bonus that year. That's a good one. But the millionaires, why the millionaires? How'd that uh, so uh, Williamsport, the small town, was the lumber capital of the world in the 1800s. And there, were, there was more millionaires per, per capita in Williamsport, PA, than there was anywhere in the world. Hence the uh, high school nickname. But it, it made for one of the weirdest mascots ever because we literally <laughs> had some kind of kid, pimply-faced kid, wearing a top hat and tails like the Monopoly guy. And we'd run around on the sidelines. So, yeah, it, it wasn't as cool as like an animal, uh, you know, any kind of predatory. Yeah. That not nearly as threatening either. Uh, the, uh, the impending doom of arbitrage doesn't really hold up for kids on an opposing football team. I, I have no idea what that means, but I think it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> they should probably rename them right now the disappearing middle class at some point you've got to adjust the uh, anyway what is your greatest athletic moment now this could have happened just yesterday at costco where you had to punch somebody out could have happened uh, back when you were eight years old uh, uh what do you think when you look back the moment and it doesn't have to be in an organized sport could just be sandlot could like i say could be in a parking lot uh what struck you as the moment when you went uh, you know maybe Maybe I have a chance to actually do this professionally. Well, I would say uh, if you remember wiffle ball, but but not oh, just yeah. wiffle ball in general. I'm talking about the brand name of wiffle ball. Okay, yes. they had a plastic ball that the bottom half was solid. I don't know if you remember this, Chet, but the the sides of it had slots in it. Okay, sure. And that was designed by some aerospace engineer, I'm sure, to be able to give you a little mustard on your pictures. <laughs> right. And let me just say that in the backyard with that wiffle ball, I perfected a, 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 a curve ball that would make you cry. Chet, this thing would come in at you, right? It looked like a meatball over the plate. Sure. And the last second, it would break to the left. Um, and, and I would say it was something that would make me cry. It was so beautiful. That's how beautiful my, my cutter was with the, uh, with the wiffle ball. The refs are out at the mound. They're checking Yasui for nail files and grease, but they found nothing. And the strikeout holds. Let's talk a little showbiz, Todd Yasui. Sure. TV producing, uh, especially in talk and variety shows, which is mostly uh, your metier, uh, uh, it's kind of like uh, it's not necessarily the head coach because that would probably be the star of the show, but it's like having a good offensive coordinator. You, you scheme. You plan it out, you execute it, and you have a clipboard. You even have a headset. You're just like an offensive coordinator. <laughs> when did you realize that you had the skill set suited to dealing with the raving lunatics of Hollywood? Because there is an organizational component, 
And then there is a people person component and they got to combine just right or you, you're not, you can't do it. Yeah. Well, you know, I got um, thrust into the TV producing world uh, on a semi-accident. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but I, uh, I had not planned on being a TV producer, Chet. I was at the Washington Post for six years and uh, made a, um, a, a dare from a friend for me to call Jay Leno's manager, Helen Kushnick. And on a dare from a friend, and literally all she said was, this woman is a, is a Hollywood woman, and she's hilarious when you talk to her, because you can't believe it sounds like someone from the movies when they depict Hollywood. So I called Jay Leno's manager, Helen, uh, on a dare from a friend, just to experience her Hollywood uh, behavior. And somehow, after a 15-minute phone <laughs> conversation, she offered me a job uh, to come be a producer on The Tonight Show. So I hadn't planned on it. I got here, and then I stepped into the whole Michigas of the the David Letterman versus Jay Leno uh, battle. So right. I, I, let's just say I was tested by fire very early on from the moment I stepped foot in Hollywood. And I think being able to survive that is what made me realize I can, uh, I can do this for a living. Yeah. Uh, here's, here's how I know you're a, you're a, a, a great producer. You're the only guest in 200 shows who sent us notes about themselves. You literally pre-interviewed yourself I've, like I've, on a talk show. That's I did. How Chet, it I, is. I, Chet, I can't assume that you know anything about me or anything I've ever done before. I mean, by the way, if you've done over 200 episodes and you're interviewing me, you're scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> that is not I, true. I have no, I've got nothing to offer compared you, to the names you've had on this show. You are the top of the list when it comes to producing, my friend. And that's important to, uh, uh, to a lot of our listeners. We're going to get to that in just a second. We're going to do a we're going to do one of them, their advice quarters. Uh, but I got a couple more uh, showbiz questions to ask you yes. here. Uh, uh, so you, you did the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. You, you, you swam through the muck and mire of that horrific opening where Kushnick herself winds up getting, uh, getting cut loose uh, by Jay. You make it through all of this and you realize I've survived this. I could survive anything. You get through a career that... That goes for everybody from Queen Latifah. Uh, you've done iHeartRadio specials. You've done a lot of music stuff. Uh, and now you're doing Cardi B show and Kevin Hart show. Uh, you're the guy. Let, let me explain to listen. You're the guy who has to make sure that what looks like it's fun and off the cuff is actually planned and produced. And it has a safety net under it so that Kevin Hart is never scrambling for notes so that Kevin Hart, when he's interviewing somebody, has an idea of what their answer might be on his card, not just the question. So how are you approaching those two? Those, that's new Hollywood right there as far as I was a Cardi B and Kevin Hart. Yeah, well, Kevin, fortunately, I literally, the, 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 the biggest contribution I give to, to Kevin in that show is to do absolutely fucking nothing. Um, just step back and let him I, Kevin knows what he wants to do and you know I had an old boss one time tell me uh, when I congratulated him on, on how successful American Idol was he was the president of Fox and he once said I can take no credit for that the only thing I've ever done for American Idol is to stay out of its way and let it be a hit um, and so with Kevin that's the way it is um, but you know that's a hard thing to do sometimes when you've yeah. developed a skill set where you you are everybody's safety net on a television production, 
when somebody, when the star looks over and goes, hey, I don't have my usual water and my notes for the third guest here, it's your ass. Now, you may have to go and tell somebody else it's their ass, but st- but ultimately, it's you who's responsible for all that. So when you're used to dealing with all those details and you're juggling it, all of a sudden, boom, you got to recognize this is a guy I can leave alone. And there's, only, there's only a few guys like that. that well, yeah. brand guy was like that, too. Yeah, I mean, and that, the, the part of the skill set is, like you said, is knowing when to be that guy. That's the thing. Yeah. You got to be able to sense the situation and go like, my best move here is to stay out of the way. Other times it's like, oh, my best move here is to, to rescue this or put it together. <laughs> I mean, Cardi B is, is different. Um, we set up everything around her and let her fly. But the, uh, you know, what people always ask about reality shows and if you're doing a, a decent reality show, what I always tell people is you don't script the dialogue, you script the situations. So if you've got somebody like Cardi B, who is a, a character, she's the, we like to think of her as the hip hop Lucille Ball. She's just a goofy, crazy, funny person. So I can put her in the situations and I have to know how to <clears throat> get. I know that her brand of comedy is reacting, right? Not driving the bus. So that's the thing is I make sure that as we go through the day, every single thing I put in front of her is something that she can react to. She can react to. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very Bob Newhart uh, kind of way to go too. He's, he's, he's better reacting than he is instigating. Uh, nice, so, nice modern reference. Chef. Yeah. Thanks man. Well, uh, but, <laughs> look, Bob Newhart, just, uh, Hey, you've got the, you've got the young kids sewed up. Uh, you got the young <laughs> urban diverse market sewed up. I'm not even going to try it on there. So what's your worst gig? In a career that's spanning, uh, oh, you got to be looking at what uh, twenty-five plus years TV yes, producing. Uh, what's the gig where you walked in or walked out and went? <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> well, I mean, not because of the person, but because of the situation. One of my least successful career moves was working for the great Magic Johnson on his late night talk show. Oh, the Magic Johnson talk show. That's right. Yeah. The one that proved to a lot of big men in the NBA, do not go into talk shows. And, and that in and of itself, Todd Yasui, huge blessing. Yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, that was one that's, that's, that's memorable in its um, public uh, failure. Yeah. Uh, and now, what was the worst day there? Did you have a day when you knew the whole Because at first, you've got to be the guy who's up. You're responsible for bringing the energy up of the whole production. And that can be hundreds of people at times. And I'm sure it was on that one. And so when in the, are you a weekend, two weeks in a month in where you go, this is just a funeral pyre that's burning right into the coastline. How do you, (laughs) (laughs) it was, uh, I think it was the first week um, when he, uh, he was a little bit late, I'd say, and maybe missed a few things because Here's the thing, and, and Chet, you know this from being a sportscaster uh, and being one as prolific as you are, is that if you're going to excel at a job, you kind of have to dedicate yourself to that job, at least for the first year. So, you yeah. know, here's what you and I both know about all the greats. Those daily talk shows, whether it's a daytime show or if it's a late night show, you need uh, the utmost concentration and you have to make that your your focus. Um, yeah. So you get it off. You're doing over 200 shows a year 
And it's not the type of job to start off for somebody like Magic Johnson, where he at the time he you know owned a big percentage of the Lakers. He has a business empire. He was running yeah. a real estate empire. He had 15 businesses and 15 jobs. So yeah, you know, it, I don't care who you are. It's like you got to be there in the beginning, five days a week for, yeah. for 10 hours a day. You got to so put that. I knew yeah. the first week. First week, I was like, First he's week. too busy for this. Yeah, and he's, he's not point guard in his own show. He's not He's not functioning as the point guard on his own talk show. That's a little that's right. So Sponsored, that was, incidentally, by uh, the Thunderbirds. Well, by who? By uh, who? The Thunderbirds, the Air oh. Force belching team. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, we haven't done this in a while. Gary, my producer, uh, be on your toes. We're going to do advice corner, uh, actual career advice from the great Todd Yasui. For any listeners, a lot of times, you t- Todd, you and I both know, when you're a kid, you listen to these broadcasts and you think, ooh, maybe one day I'd like to be there. So let's give out some advice uh, just in case. I'm going to ask you five questions. Anybody listening may be able to uh, walk away with a little bit of knowledge. Here we go. Question number one. Quick way to bring the energy up in a tired writer's room. The writer's room, often the lifeblood of a talk show because material has to keep cranking out, especially late night, got to be funny jokes. When you walk in and they're watching porn or they're eating or drinking hard liquor or all three, how do you get them back to the computer in a positive mode to, to finish the task at hand? Get them out of the room for a bit. Do a great idea. Bit. Yeah, yeah. You get them out of the room because you know why? And Chet, you've been in these rooms before. Yes, they get I have. stuffy. They start smelling like like socks and desperation. And yeah. you got to get everybody out of the room. Title my autobiography: Socks and Desperation. <laughs> you, uh, yeah, get every writer out of the room and say, "Let's go over the cafeteria in the building. I'm buying lunch. Get everybody out. That's that's the thing you do, and then get them back in." Question number two, how do you sell a great bit to a reluctant host? You, a bit uh, you know is going to kill for, for them, not just uh, with the crowd. Well, I, I, I think you tell them that they can call you out on live television if it sucks, which has happened before. Uh, Mark. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You say, I tr- trust me, this will work. I'll be standing off to the side. And if it lays a big comedy turd, just point the camera <laughs> at me and blame it on me. And they'll usually do that because that's a That's a, uh, a safety net of comedy. You know, right. Take, revel in your failure. That's smart. Question number three. Uh, how do you figure out when to hold your tongue uh, with the higher ups and, and when to push? I haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> it, it's true. And up until this day, I, I look at my emails or I think of what I just said, and I go, I should have just shut the fuck up. <laughs> Sometimes the home plate umpire just says, Yasui, you're out of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, let, I'll get back to you on that one when I figure that one out. Question number four. Does shouting work? Do you use it as a tactic? Because some people in the job of producer, executive producer, use it all the time. Do you use it ever? Do you use it as a weapon? Uh, you know, my, my uh, uh, resources tell me that you tend to low key it. But, but how do you use shouting? Well, I, I don't shout. I mean, I'm sure there's been moments I have, and I'm sure there's people out there in the industry that have heard me do it and say I'm a big hypocrite, but I try not to. I mean, no one wants to be shouted at. I mean, yeah. look, here's the thing. And again, Chet, you know this from the rough world of sports casting. 
it's a tough job to begin with. Why make it tougher by making it like people nervous and, and having an unpleasant environment? Plus, I work in comedy, so it's like nobody can be funny if somebody's yelling. So yeah, you try your best to keep it to keep it down. But you know, people lose their their stuff once in a while. I'm I'm no different. Hey, you're I'm human. Not. You gotta you you know you gotta you gotta pull a uh, uh, you know one of those crazy Tommy Lasorda uh, bouts on the mound every now and then. <laughs> Got to kick the rosin bag once in a while. <laughs> once in a while. Uh, okay, last question. Question number five. Uh, you said you're a comedy producer. You are a comedy producer. What is one rule uh, that you have, bottom line, for a comedy piece that's going into a show that you have to either remind writers to put in the piece or that you have to eventually put in the piece yourself to make sure that you can sleep at night knowing you've got the comedy piece you want. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, the setup, always the setup. I mean, yeah. there's people that come up with hilarious stuff and I always, I'm always the guy pausing going, hold on, hold on. Let me hear the setup again. Uh, ah, because, so exactly I, what is coming out of my host's mouth to set this piece up? How does this make sense to them? Exactly. And, the, you know, and, and you know that there's a conciseness to the setup that matters, but it's got to contain all the information so that the punchline, you know, is a knockout punch. So, yeah, that's my thing. My thing's always looking at the setup. That advice corner sponsored by Knitways Expand a Belt Funnel Pants. Pair any belly into a pair of Knitways. Todd Yasui, my <laughs> guest. Man, oh man, let's talk a little sports. You're uh, you're now a uh, sort of a, a Washington football team fan. Not sort of. You are. It's but been, you, it's you been came, 30 years. You came to it. You were a Miami fan, and then you were like uh Went out in the streets after they were partying after Washington won, I believe. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you yeah. liked the way the Washington fans partied. So you, you switched. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I grew up like a lot of people of a certain age. I was a little kid when the Dolphins did their uh, undefeated march, you know, with the right. great Bob sure. Greasy and Larry Zonka. Jim oh, Kick, Mercury Jim, Morris, Garo Yapremian. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, uh, worst forward pass in the history of, of that football. is correct. That was a Super Bowl pass too, uh, and I believe it was actually against the former Washington Redskins. Um, yes, that, that game. But uh, yeah, so I grew up a Miami fan. Moved to DC to go to college there, and was there when they won the Super Bowl in '83. Went to Georgetown to party because everybody was out in the streets and just got caught up in the merriment and the chaos and started following them and then have become a fan ever since. It's, it's impossible if you live in D.C. not to be indoctr- indoctrinated into the Washington football team. Or, or, or either of the political parties. It's an indoctrination city. In fact, that might be the new nickname. The Washington indoctrinators. It's a little that, long. It runs off. It rolls off the tongue. Man. It does. That. Yeah. Hey, if I can do it on the first crack, I'm sure <laughs> professional announcers can. <laughs> so what's the most painful moment you've had as a Washington fan? Uh, it happened last yesterday. Uh, oh, it happened during the Dallas game where they were marching back from a uh, 27 to nothing deficit and we're marching and then, you know, more fumbles, more turnovers, uh, more penalties. Chet, you can't yeah. win a game with penalties. No, and uh, Ron Rivera will tell you that, and I'm sure he's telling him that right now. And he might be screaming, unlike yeah, uh, he, he's a quality a screamer, television producer. Yeah. But then the other, the other uh, low moment was uh, watching Robert Griffin 
the third uh, with a hobbled leg going back into a playoff game when he was clearly not able to, and uh, me screaming at the television not to put him back in, and that ruined his career. The next couple plays ruined his career. So, yeah, but by the way, if you're a Washington fan and you ask, you know, someone asks you what's your worst moment, (laughs) it takes about four hours, okay? This is like a 20-minute podcast, so those those are two of mine. Do you want it, yeah, chronologically, or do you want it by uh, uh, emotional pain? Sponsored, incidentally, by Zigzag Zit Cream. Your zits will never see it coming. Serpentine with Zigzag (laughs) Zit Cream. All right, can the Redskins? Oh, can the Washington? Can the indoctrinators find their way out of this and and again compete at a high level uh, instead of always uh, the damn Cowboys in that division? Can they do it, or or do they have to get out from under the hellish grip of Donald Snyder first? Uh, Dan Snyder, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Ooh, I slipped have, up. That's, anybody who's a Washington fan will tell you the same thing. The team will never win with him as the owner. Uh, just absolutely poison. I mean, do you realize that the Washington football team – before he took over, had a 20-year waiting list for, for season tickets. The only way you could get season tickets to a Washington game is if, if, if somebody died. That was on wow. the list. And it was a 20-year list. Then he builds a new stadium, uh, and it takes the team into the toilet. They, the only football team that expanded their football stadium and then within a few years had to uh, cover up seats in the top tier um, because they oh. could fill them. Uh, as uh, as the kids say, that's bad optics. Bad uh, optics. Yeah, if you lived in a time when uh, you know people would have to die just to get the uh, season tickets, I would imagine the CIA guys would have a bit of an advantage there. <laughs> yes. Poisoned at lunch down at the post office, and suddenly <laughs> someone's got your seats. Sponsored, incidentally, by Medieval Knievel, the jousting daredevil. And uh, oh, listen, <laughs> we haven't done this in a while uh, either. This is called Pop Quiz. This is where you've got some questions for me. I understand. We're going to get right to them, although we have a theme song for this for okay. Pop Quiz. Oh, this is exciting, Gary. We haven't done this in a while. Here's the theme song for Pop Quiz. Let's see if we can hear it. Boom, pop, 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 pop quiz. How's that for saving money wow. on the production, wow. Todd? That that's I. <laughs> Really amazing. I have no idea how you got Drake to do that, man. man. All right. I am lifetime uh, one, uh, like three, 79 and two. I think I got two ties. So uh, let's do it. Fire away. Give me the categories. It can be anything. Sports, uh, food, music can be anything. Well, stick to three questions unless I'm really a, uh, smoking them, and then I'll take a couple of. Oh, okay. Episodes. So I get to I get to uh, quiz the great Chet Waterman. So yeah, okay. Because you are probably one of the most legendary sportscasters of all time. I'm going to thank you. My my quiz is going to stay with sports and with uh, with my team. I might throw you a curveball in here, but let me sure. Okay, within five, Chet. How many starting quarterbacks? Has the Washington football team had since their 1992-93 Super Bowl win? Okay. Oh, brother! So we are talking uh, 28 years, roughly. I'm going to divide that by two and just go with 14. 14, Chet. It was 30 starting quarterbacks for the for the Washington football team. (laughs) 
since 1992, 93. Holy smoke. Not even close. Owen won right out of the box. I Owen may as won. well have not have even swung at that. Just <laughs> taken it looking so that I looked like I was just trying to judge your delivery or some badass crap like that. Okay. No, I just whiffed. All okay. right. Owen, no. that was one of those. Uh, that was one of those wiffle ball curveballs. I it, saw it coming at me, and then it went just like. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so since we're mixing uh, baseball analogies with football quizzes, here, here comes a big, fat softball, okay? Uh, you think? Yeah. Not in my who, hands, who, buddy. Who, who, has, who has not been a quarterback for the Washington football team in the last 30 years? You ready? Yeah. Okay. Multiple One, choice. I like those. Mark ones. Sanchez. Two. Vince Young, or three, Danny Werfel. I'm going to go Sanchez. Nope, Sanchez actually did it. Wow. He actually made it in there. He played about four snaps Wow, uh, for, for Washington, yeah, that Vince uh, Young didn't never played for the Redskins, did he? That's your that's your that's yeah. your winner winner chicken yeah. dinner right there, because Werfel played at least a solid two or three games. That's a long stint, apparently, for that, uh, Washington uh, uh, starting QB. It is well, and you know, Washington had a, uh, a reputation for we would always go after a quarterback who was like on the downslope of his career. Sure. But it, it's true. I mean, when you listen, listen to this, listen to this list. Okay. Ready for, for guys that were really good for another team and then they got injured or they got old. So ready for Brad Johnson. Do you remember that? Sure. Brad Johnson had a lot, uh, many successful years with the Vikings. Yeah. Not with the Washington. Not with the uh, uh, Okay. Ready for this one. Jeff Hostetler. Oh, sure. Hostetler. Many great years with the New York Giants. But None with the not, Washington. Not with Washington. Uh, Mark Brunel. Mark Brunel. Fireball for, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But not uh, let him so to the much. playoffs. No, yeah. Not for Washington. Not, not so much. Donovan yeah. McNabb. Oh, yeah. No, they got him. They got him past his past his prime. Right, right. Yeah, they um, got him pre. They got him two days from his broadcasting career. That's when they got a hold of him. Right. So, so as you can see, there's a pattern there, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that, that shows you how our our decision-making goes. Okay. Your final quiz, Chet. So by the way, you're 0 for 2. Yeah. Officially uh, 0 for 2. Although I'll take Vince Young as a half. So I'm 0 0, 2 and 1. Okay. And finally then, who was the last Redskins starting, or I'm sorry, Washington football team starting quarterback to win the Super Bowl? Oh my goodness. A 92, 93. Wow. Who won that for him? Rippin? Yeah, bing. There you go, Betty. Look at that. Mark Rippin. There you go. (laughs) Holy smokes, I got one. That level of excitement. And, of course, uh, uh, Todd's horrible emotional ennui as a Washington (laughs) fan. Sponsored by Bananas, the banana guaranteed to ripen tomorrow. My guest today, engaging, funny, talented TV producer, Todd Yasui. Uh, Todd, the shows you're working on. Cardi B and uh, and uh, Kevin Hart. Where do we find them? How do we see? Them? Sure, Cardi B. Uh, it's called Cardi Tries. It's on Facebook and Instagram, and uh, both of those. And uh, Kevin Hart's show is called Heart to Heart. It's on the lovely Peacock Network. Beautiful, Todd. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's a pleasure. Thanks, you buddy. See you later. Follow me on Twitter at Chet Waterhouse and my comedian buddy at Jeff Cesario. His album, What Was I Thinking? Streaming now everywhere, whatever that means. Hey, the Chet Waterhouse Play With Pain mugs are up on Jeff Cesario's website. They're right up about in that corner. You click on a button right around here and boom. get you. Oh, and there's the advantage. Here it is close to the holiday season. Comes from UPS, a little box about that big. Bam! Bo-oom.
under the tree, you're done. Uh, uh, thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Spread the word. If you want more of me this weekend, I'll be in Mauve, Kansas, calling the 11th annual Burning Rubber in a Parking Lot at Midnight Invitational, sponsored by Yo-Yo Tires. If you get stuck, just pull the string. This is Chet Waterhouse reminding you to play with pain.